a lot of agents feel like the first couple of things that they put out there has to be, you know, 100% perfect. And a lot of times I'm like, well, let's play around on your personal accounts and make sure you can execute it well there. And then you're going to feel more comfortable executing, you know, for your business. The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by First. First knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there's never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. First powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at first.io. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 164 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend and thank you so much for leaving a review or a rating. It's your favorite uh, source of, of, of consuming podcasts. Uh, I'm really excited about today's guest. I met Rachel Height for the first time. I, I've seen her stuff. I've watched, I've read her stuff, but I'd never met her. But we were both at the Results Summit in, for Realtor.com in Las Vegas. And I got a chance then to say hi and chat with her. And, and I instantly asked her to be on the show. She's agreed. So Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. So let's let's quickly talk about the results summit. I uh, that's my second one. Is that the first or second or third for you? What was your number? So this was my first results summit. Okay. I was invited by Marcy. I've been writing for Realtor.com since the beginning of the year, and she had messaged me over the summer telling me about the event and stuff. And I said I would love to come out and participate in the event and you know do a roundtable or something like that. And she's like, for sure, we definitely want to have you there. And, you know, I've been to several other real estate conferences, and I have to say that this by far has been one of my favorites. So tell me why. What were some of the takeaways or what what was different about this one from, say, some of the bigger conferences? What was different about this one is there were definitely more opportunities for more tangible, kind of take it back to the home office. And this is what I learned and to put it in action, types of activities or tips. Um, They had really good top producing agents or leaders of teams there who were just kind of sharing everything that was working for them. And what I feel is even more valuable, everything that wasn't working for them. And it was just very practical and very hands-on. I know you had quite the trip to get there because you live in the D.C. area, right? Yes. Yes. I live in the northern Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. Did you grow up there? I did. I did. So I grew up in the heart of the Shenandoah Valley in a very small little town called Front Royal. And we are right next to the Shenandoah Valley River. And we're about 60 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. First of all, is there like a song that has Shenandoah in it? I feel like I know a song. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're thinking of the John Denver song. Oh, there you go. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shenandoah, the Shenandoah <laughs> River. There, thank you very much yeah. for helping with it. Okay. So what, what should I know? First of all, you say you're 60 miles from D.C., but it sounds like it's farms and ranches. And what, what should I know about the Shenandoah Valley that I don't know? So one of the biggest things that we are actually famous for, especially this time of year, is, is the fall colors. Um, we have several uh, state parks. 
and the most uh, the largest one is this Shenandoah Skyline Drive State Park. And basically, you go way up on the mountain, and you can kind of see all the colors. And we're very mountainous. Uh, we do have we don't have you know really super tall mountains. Our mountains are kind of mid range and, and rounded. Lots of hiking, uh, lots of kayaking opportunities, river activities here in the area. We do have a lot of farms. We're one of the top places in the country for apples. So right now, there's just tons of apple orchards with pumpkins and things. I mean, tons of things to do. And we have a really nice, which has kind of come across in the last 10 years, uh, wine, uh, winery kind of loop in this area. So it's a really nice place to vacation if anyone's looking to come out this way. Wow. So you, you probably get a ton of people to come out from Baltimore and DC, I would imagine. Oh yeah. For that experience. We call them the leaf, the leaf lookers this time of year. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a lot of extra traffic in our small town and we're like, oh, the leaf lookers are here. The leaf lookers. I love it. I know you have a son, so he's getting that same experience. You got that rural experience, but, but you're, uh, you're close to the city. Yes. So I have a son. He's 11 years old and he's in sixth grade and he started his first year of middle school this year. So uh, we've been really busy with that. And yeah, on the weekends we go hiking. I coach a soccer team. Um, we have lots of opportunities to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. And I think that's really important. So we try to take advantage of that every chance we get. Let's talk about where you went to school. I, I saw in your bio that you're uh, an alum of Old Dominion. So this is awesome. I, Monarchs, right? I don't think I've ever had someone on the podcast from Old Dominion. So you got to tell me a bit about the school, where it's at. I'm sure it's like one of those really super old schools from like the 1700s or something. Am I on track? So <laughs> actually, it's, it's, it's down in the, the Norfolk area. Mm-hmm. And believe it I telecommuted. We have a really nice local community college located in Frederick County called Forge Fairfax Community College. And ODU has a suite inside of that college. And I telecommuted my classes down to Old Dominion University. It was a newer type program that when I was back in school was being offered. So I literally went to the community college. All of my classes were satellite and uh, satellite Uh, came into the classroom. I had a microphone at my desk and I could answer questions just as if it was in the actual classroom. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I was able to, uh, so something that was really important to me when I graduated high school is my senior year in high school, I was lucky enough to have a local newspaper offer me an internship. So as soon as I graduated from high school, they offered me a full-time job working at the newspaper. And I wanted to continue working full time, but I also wanted to pursue college. So this was the perfect opportunity for me to go to a university and still pursue my passion at journalism at the same time because I didn't want to put that on hold because I was really excited about writing. Uh, so it was kind of the best of both worlds for me. I generally like to ask people, what was your first gig out of, out of college? And we kind of know yours already. You, <laughs> you, you kind of, I'm sure, continued your career in journalism, right? I did. I did. So I worked for the local newspaper for a couple of years, and then an opportunity opened up at a local radio station, which enabled me to kind of take writing and kind of marry what another thing that I love, the technology end of it, and get into more audiovisual things. I did a lot of audiovisual type things in high school. We were actually a pilot program 
for Panasonic, where they sent the video editing equipment and everything out to the school uh, for free. We had a, all this video equipment, and that really kind of introduced me to my love of technology. So I had already been exposed to a lot of it when I had graduated because of this uh, Panasonic program. And uh, when the opportunity of the radio station opened up, I kind of jumped on it uh, to kind of get me into that more broadcast experience. Somewhere along the way, though, the world of real estate enters the picture. And it happens yes. with every guest on this show. So how did it happen for you? Uh, it actually was through uh, my uh, ex-husband. His, his family at the time, when we first started dating, before we were married, uh, they owned a real estate company and a mortgage company. And they were like, hey, you know, you have a lot of talent. We'd really like you to come into the office and see about what we're doing here. We think you'd have a lot to add and, and value here. And so I was like, this really isn't my path. But they were like, just try it and see if you like it. So I kind of ended up there. And I really did love it. I started out as an office manager. And then I became licensed. And, and then I kind of ended up here eventually down the road. So it's you say it's funny how you end, in, end up in the industry and a lot of people don't end up, you know, thinking this is where they're going to end up. And yeah, I, I, I had not planned on it, but I'm, I'm glad I did. What uh, time frame are we talking about here that you started in real estate? So I started the office management in 2005 and I did office management from 2005 to 2007. I became licensed in Virginia and West Virginia in 2007, and I actively sold real estate up until 2014. So you're, you know, relatively fresh out of school, and at the same time, social's exploding. So talk about the. I'm, 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 I can only guess you're an early adopter of what was happening in that space, uh, right? As social and tech all kind of just blended together and exploded right around the time when you got your license. It, it really did. And what was fascinating was how quickly it all came together and how I was able to make the connections of, hey, this is really incredibly cheap and affordable advertising for the business and how to pivot into that. Because, you know, when I first started doing even the office management end of it, uh, one of my duties was to organize all of the listing advertising for the print advertising at that time. And literally thousands and thousands of dollars were going out the door every month to do this print advertising. And we had no idea how to measure any kind of return of investment other than, you know, number of phone calls. And, and maybe at that time, we were just starting to measure traffic to our website. But then, you know, all of a sudden, everything started opening up online. And I was like, we can save so much more money and stand out in the market because no one else is utilizing this. Somewhere along the way, as you're developing these strategies, you kind of probably get this, there's an aha moment that says, oh my gosh, there are people that need this kind of help. Um, so once again, I think you kind of follow this early path, right, of people who were actually practicing at the beginning of this, this boom and this growth of this new way to market this digital world and turn that into uh, a career, right? So yeah, and again, that happens kind of by accident. Uh, one of the things that I think is super important for anyone in the real estate career is to volunteer at the association level. So from early on, you know, I went, made sure that I was involved in our local association. And that's how kind of helping other agents kind of came to be, because there was such a great need for just even someone to say, 
hey, let's all come together at the at our local association. Let's have a round table. Uh, at the time, one thing that was really popular is everyone got their tablets and they had no idea how to use their iPads and their Android tablets. So, you know, we would have like a tech breakfast and I would just help everyone use the technology and learn how to use it and to think of ways to make things more efficient. And that led to me creating classes and continuing ed and to get some continuing ed credits uh, approved at the state level. And uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Your current title, and I love the I love the way you do, you, you say this, is business development specialist, and that that leaves a big broad kind of window of things that you help with. And so, talk about um, what that title means to you, and how that what that looks like, you know, in your world. So it looks like a lot of different things, and it's very unique. And I'm kind of, from what I can tell, one of the very few people you know, even nationally, kind of working in, on all these different types of projects for the, just the industry as a whole. And I think it's really important to do a lot of research and development. And primarily, that's a good portion of my job. It's just researching, uh, de- uh, developing curriculum, writing trends of that nature, and then helping people and agents in our area and providing that information and providing those services. So what does that look like? Well, sometimes I have people contact me because they know they need to be online, but they have no idea where to start. And their aptitude for technology is extremely, extremely low. And something that I'm very, very passionate about that I feel is so important in our industry is that if you're starting with nothing, if you don't know where to start, it's okay. Identifying that problem and saying, okay, we're going to take some baby steps and start growing this and fixing this problem so I have a digital presence. I think that's, you know, a great place to start. And I really want people to not be intimidated by it and just say, you know, we can bite this off and and bite-sized pieces and make this happen for you and don't be discouraged by it or don't say, you know, technology is not for me. I can't do X, Y, and Z. I want to make sure that everyone, if they're interested in trying, that they can have some tools and do some easy marketing strategies that they feel good about and that they can tell other people about and be proud of. So many agents measure themselves against top producing agents in their area. And I think that's a really uh, not great thing to do. Everyone's version of success looks different for them. And you just can't constantly compare yourself to a top producing agent because you're not that person. You really have to come up with strategies that work for you as an individual. So I spend a lot of time working on that, figuring out where they're at, figuring out how we can help them grow in a healthy way that they can manage and that they can feel really good about themselves. It is small steps make a big difference over time. Uh, and, and I think you're right. It's something I, I preach as well. You people want to have it all happen right now. And it's just not the way it's going to work, right? Yeah, it's it's not. And And what happens is a lot of people kind of jump the gun and then they open up all of these different accounts or they try to, they're just looking for that magic pill that's going to fix their, their business. And they put a lot of money in something, but they never use it. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with agents and we kind of just do a general audit of what they're doing and what they're paying for and what they've tried to do in the past. And they just let these, you know, $20 here, $40 here, this, that, and the other nickel and dime them. And they never use the technology. And I'm like, you've been paying for this for three years and you've never signed in. Why are we doing this? It's really important 
to, if you're going to invest in technology, that you take the time to learn how to use it. Yeah. And uh, I spend a lot of time just helping people get there. Right. Uh, speaking of the word write, I, like, I'm a <laughs> fanboy of people who know how to write and really write well. You're, a, you're an amazing writer. Uh, I've, I've read your stuff at Realtor.com, Inman. Talk about that uh, skill, first of all, and the, the energy that it requires and, you know, how it's helped you maybe with your business, right? Kind of spread the word about uh, some information, but also about yourself. So I, I've been writing from the get-go. In, in elementary school, I was doing writing and poetry contests. And I remember coming home from middle school as a child and telling my mom, you know, when I get to high school, I'm going to be editor-in-chief of the school newspaper. And she was like, okay. And I stuck through that. And I drove my teachers nuts until I, you know, was able to do these things. And I was very, very lucky that I had several teachers that invested a lot of time and energy to giving me the tools and the resources I needed to become a good writer. So, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Learning how to write takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of patience. So that that muse doesn't always come to you. So sometimes you really have to put a lot of time and energy into it. And that's something that I feel that I've been really lucky that I've had a lot of opportunities to work on and I'm really grateful for. There's some cachet, I think, right, to to being able to tell somebody, by the way, I do contribute to these places. Uh, you know, it, it, it definitely gives you a little a level of authority that wouldn't be there without that. I, I feel like it does, and I really pay attention to the content that I am submitting to these to these outlets because I take what I do very seriously, that it's going to reach someone, and when I write something, I want it to be positive, I want it to be helpful, I want it to be encouraging, and I want it to have something practical in it that they can take away from and, and maybe improve their business. So I'm very, very particular with what I submit. I think I saw that in action at the results summit in Vegas. Uh, you're the way you handle social was so much fun to watch and super fast. You're able to, you had, you had a lot of stuff going out. Do you have any secrets, any tips to share for people that are trying to, you know, kind of share what's happening in the moment because you do that very well. It, it takes practice. It's, yeah. it's, you know, a muscle that you have to exercise. You can't just decide, I'm going to be a social media expert. You have to kind of practice what you preach. So you need to look for tools and opportunities that help you kind of push that content out quickly. And you need to practice and experiment with it. Uh, a lot of agents feel like the first couple of things that they put out there has to be, you know, 100% perfect. And a lot of times I'm like, well, let's play around on your personal accounts and make sure you can execute it well there. And then you're going to feel more comfortable executing, you know, for your business. Uh, one thing I recommend for people, especially on Twitter, for getting more comfortable using Twitter is to look for something maybe like a football game and the hashtag that Sunday that they're using for the football game and try to get involved on, on Twitter and that and to get a feel for it and how it works. Because every social media platform is different. It needs different content and it kind of has a different kind of rhythm. Twitter moves really quickly. Instagram moves particularly slow. And uh, then we look at something like LinkedIn and that moves even slower. So it's all about just not being afraid to experiment, getting comfortable with it, and then just allowing yourself to be creative and have fun with it. What's your favorite social network personally? 
right now, I, it has to be Instagram. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a older than you and I, I still, I like Twitter a lot, you know, and uh, mostly, mostly I listen there. I don't tweet a ton. I, I do when I'm at a conference or uh, maybe on a trip or something, but I love the, uh, I, I, I do what you talk about. I, I love that second screen during a live event. Uh, it's, it's so much yeah. fun to be involved in those conversations. Yeah. Uh, excellent way to figure out um, how Twitter works. You're right. I think, I think Twitter for me as a social network has enabled me to have conversations with people that I necessarily would never have the opportunity to have conversations with, like in, in real time. And I think that's one great thing about Twitter that, you know, none of the other social media platforms really do a good job of doing. And Twitter's always done a great job of that. Right. Now you have a company as well called Rising 360 Media, right? Yes. So first of all, I dig the name. I got to know where that came from. There's got to be a story, I think. <laughs> and then talk about what you're doing with, with, uh, with that uh, enterprise. So with Rising 360 Media, that kind of came to be because I needed a place to kind of park the creative projects and to when I needed to do some above and beyond consulting for my clients, I needed to have a place to kind of grow that and to explain things. Uh, the name itself came from a brainstorming session with uh, my business partner and we we've had the URL for a long time and we were like, you know, let's just use that for the consulting because it kind of really fits what you do. You, you're, you know, you're trying to help people rise up and, and really turn things around. So that's kind of where the name came from and really consulting and on special projects. I really, really love, and I'm very selective about the projects that I take on and I help people with consulting um, and I'll give you one example. I've been consulting for the last uh, year and a half on a special website project for a developer in our old town area who has taken uh, what was a girls' school back from um, federal colonial times, and they're rehabbing it and turning it into 10 condo apartments. It's a very custom project, but there's a lot of history involved in it. They wanted a website and some marketing to reflect the history of the school, but also the luxury of the condos. So that was a really fun project to take on. It, is a lot of it kind of tend to be in the real estate space because that's where your, you know, your core expertise is, or have you done something outside of the, of the space? It, it, it just depends. You know, for some people, um, a lot of it has been maybe other vendors and things kind of in the real estate scape. Uh, a lot of things that, businesses have a small businesses marketing challenges are kind of the same marketing challenges across the board, whether it's a pizza place or a real estate office, it's how to reach the consumer in an effective, authentic way and how to stay on top of things as they change. So I have, you know, consulted on things outside of the real estate sphere, but I try to stay in it because I feel like that's where most of my expertise is. You triggered a thought in me when you talked about that development, taking a, an old, you know, you said colonial times building, converting it into something cool and modern, and but keeping that charm. There has got to be something like super important in the history of our country that happened in the Shenandoah Valley that you learned about and every kid that grows up there learns about. Is there something you can share that I'd go, wow, that happened there? Okay, so I will tell you... Um, in Frederick County, Virginia, there's a small town called Middletown, and inside Middletown is a plantation called Bell Grove, and that's actually where um, a colonial family lived that has my last name. 
So if anyone wanted to do some really interesting kind of Civil War colonial times research, that that plantation is a very uh, interesting place to check out and that I have a personal connection to. Wow. And that's right there in the valley. Yes, right there in the valley. <laughs> that's awesome. So they, there, was, there was a battle, a Civil War battle there in front of the plantation, you know, very, very civil, you know, good stuff there. So if somebody loves history, if you're a history lover, you know, you can't walk down a street where I live and not see a civil war or a colonial type marker of something that's happened here. There's just tons and tons of history here. The condo development that I was mentioning was previously before the girls school was built was part of the footprint. It was called the fort of where George Washington uh, had headquarters and, and did some consulting and stuff. So Lots and lots of history here. Wow. I, I think I mentioned before you and I went on the, the air for this podcast, my wife and I were coming up to D.C. for Thanksgiving. We're actually driving because being West Coast people only on the East Coast for the last you know, couple of years, we haven't seen a whole lot of stuff. And I, I guarantee you there will be a detour either on the way up or the way back through the Shenandoah Valley. I can't wait. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think you guys will really enjoy it. And um, there's so much to do and, and so much to see. And if, if anything you know, try to hit some of the wineries outside, of, uh, immediately outside of DC. And I think you guys will really have a great time. Perfect. Well, well, Rachel, I've had you here the half hour I asked of your time. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked every guest since uh, Jay Thompson, who was guest number one. And that is, you know, what piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? My biggest piece of advice is to know your craft. Make sure that you can do a solid CMA and know your local market. So many new agents are so excited as soon as they get their license. They're immediately asking for business, but they know nothing about their market and how to help people. And I think that if you just take a little time and, and kind of dial it back and really know your market and know how to do a solid CMA and really kind of listen and maybe ask the other more seasoned agents in the office to kind of help you out, point you in the right direction, and then ask for the business, you're going to have a more successful start. Rachel, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? They can go over to rising360media.com and fill out a contact form. They can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or they can just simply send me an email to rachelheight at gmail.com. Rachel, thank you so much for, for your time on the show here. You are, uh, it's funny, you've been doing this a long time, you know, and I just, I, I've discovered you in the last year or so. And really, really doing some great things. It's a lot of fun. I'll be watching all your stuff. And, and thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Bill. I really enjoyed it.